Welcome back to Tailgates and Turnovers, the official film crew college football podcast, part of the Happy Hour Sports Network. Your host, Tyler, joined today by a longtime listener, first, second time uh, contributor, Pat. What's going on, man? What's going on? Excited to uh, drop some great takes and some bad takes. That's just what I give here. So, um, yeah, excited to talk some college football. The season's rolling along now. Um, plenty of storylines to get to. So, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Excited to get back into it. Uh, NFL week one passed, and I am not going to talk about that for a single second. But uh, <laughs> now we're getting, we are full on in football season now. It's a great feeling. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, every week uh, from honestly, I guess Thursday now with the NFL, but Friday through uh, Saturday or Sunday at yeah. So yeah, it's it's a wonderful time. Hell, even as early as Tuesday, if you're about that in action. Oh, uh, yeah. Whenever that comes by. Uh, is that November when that finally shows up for us? I think it's either October or November where that really gets yeah. uh, kicks into high gear. But oh, <laughs> yeah, most oh, of your yeah. week being taken up by football is not the worst thing in the world. No, no, not at all. Good for the soul. Oh, absolutely. But had a fun week, too. A lot of really good games. Uh, some surprising results, I think. And um, yeah, I mean, we got a few that we got to cover here and talk about. But I guess first things first. Any uh, any shitty takes you just want to air out and own up at all? Um, yeah, I will own up to the fact that I said that Alabama would uh, handle Texas pretty well. I thought it'd be a Milrow coming out party. Uh, wasn't that, that's for sure. Um, other bad takes, I guess, uh, earlier in the week one, I think we had mentioned it off the show, was uh, being lower on Florida State and uh, being higher on LSU, which uh, both seem wrong early on in the season. Maybe something changes with LSU. Um, it seems like uh, Norvell has figured it out with Florida State, and I think they may roll through the ACC. They're one of the few teams I think are not a lock for the college football playoff. It's so early, but you know, a team I, I'd be surprised if they weren't in there by uh, year end. I'm completely with you there, especially on the Florida State and LSU takes. Like you said, we did discuss it off uh, off camera here, but uh, yeah, I just I did not think that was going to happen. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to hop on last week to talk about it, but. Tigers got fucking rolled and like it was a game at halftime and then just something clicked and just completely gave up. It felt like Um, I do agree about Florida state probably rolling on through the rest of the ACC Uh, Clemson again. I mean, it's, it was one week where they dropped to Duke uh, and then freaking, you know, beating, you know, beating Charleston Southern after kind of sweating it out a little bit, but not looking all that great. Klubnik's not looking all that good. Um, and the Dabo offense uh, just still kind of struggling in some spots. I know I know there was that quote that came out after the Duke game where Dabo mentioned Garrett Riley was brought in to run Clemson's offense. And, like, if that's true, that's kind of a red flag, you know, because Clemson offense, when you don't have an all-world quarterback like Trevor Lawrence or like Watson before that, can be an issue. Yep, and I yeah, I think we've seen that the last few years with them. But yeah, just looking down for the state's schedule real quickly. I mean, I just don't see many landmines. I mean, Clemson next weekend, that monster weekend that we discussed earlier um in week four. But um outside of that, most of the home games are are pretty smooth sailing and they have a away trip to Florida, I guess, at the end of the year and rivalry week, uh, you know, Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day week. Um, you know, that could be that could be an interesting game if Florida were to improve in any form or fashion, but it just feels like uh, it might be Florida State's year in terms of the ACC. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, 
I'm not super sold on them beating Duke. I know uh, they got one in on Clemson, but uh, I, I don't think they're going to be able to maintain that against a actually juiced looking Florida State team. Um, Miami, I mean, who knows? The Canes might be for real for once. Finally, uh, I hope Van not, Dyke but, looks great. Yeah, that's that's something we'll discuss later on uh, in the A and M game. But yeah, Van Dyke looks like the guy we saw years ago, which which is huge for uh, Miami going forward. Yeah. Uh, for my confession, my big one that I'll own up to on top of the uh, the Florida State and LSU takes, I could not have predicted Colorado starting off the way they have. We'll talk about them in a little bit, but I still think that it's a work in progress take because the schedule does get tougher and there's still, I mean, the underlying issues are still there, especially in the trenches. Um, but they are, they're getting off to a hotter start than I think anybody could have predicted. Yeah, I mean it's an anomaly with them. It's it's crazy the way that Sanders has played a quarterback coming up in competition. Yes. No one expected him. You know, he was a four-star recruit coming out of co- or out of high school. So I mean, there is some signs that he could have been good. Whether that was based off his name or his performance, he played in Texas though at high yeah. school, so he held his own. So it's not like the craziest thing that he's turned good, but just everything clicking all at once um, early on is is pretty crazy, but. I, I like look down their schedule again and like after they get past Oregon and USC and back to back weeks, they kind of have a a wall on the schedule there where they, they could get some W's. Um, you know, Arizona State and Stanford, um, and a few there. Um, yeah, but I, I'm with you. I had I had the uh under three and a half wins there with them, and that's all certain to lose unless unless they were to lose to Stanford or or just lose the rest of the way out. So yeah, I'll, I'll eat that one. I think uh, a lot of people will eat that one. I don't think we're uh, far from the only ones that uh, predict them, them to uh, to be a failure this year. So, yeah, and like I, I'm still not sold on them being a bowl team. Like, I, I think there is a ceiling there with just, but I mean, a lot of college football is dependent on who your quarterback is, and Shadur looks like the real deal, and Travis Hunter looks like, I mean, how do you even describe what he's done so far? He, he's amazing. Um, one of the best athletes I've seen, especially out of a freshman this early on. It's just, he just has unbelievable instincts. And and yeah, it goes back also to the coaching staff. I think it was mentioned at Jackson State that, that Sanders had a great coaching staff and had some X's and O's guys on his coaching staff. And it's paying dividends again here, um, you know, early on for them. I think that that's something that people don't talk about enough is, is that he does have, you know, a good, structure under him outside of the hype in terms of uh coordinators and position coaches and what have you so yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean and if that's the model that dion wants to build is bringing in those good x's and o's guys to handle the you know the minutiae of an offense and a defense while he's the he's the vibes guy and the game guy like that's going to be a good winning formula especially with what colorado i mean colorado's won a national title more recently than notre dame like they can win titles there mm-hmm. you know what i mean Yep. And I think we might be having someone else hop on here. Let's see what he has to say. We might be getting joined by Bennett. I admitted him. Maybe not. We'll see if he hops in. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Buffs, like, I think they're going to hit that over on the win total. Colorado State, that's going to be their third win. And then Stanford looking like the easiest pickings there in terms of a fourth. Yeah. So not really seeing a, a super difficult path to get above there anymore. No, no. And they have Arizona at home who – 
take her take them or leave them and then maybe a win at Arizona State. But you know, I think Rashada's gonna improve as Arizona State goes on, but that's just another story. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So on the on the opposite end, on the flip side, let's talk about some gloating. Uh, any from the first two weeks, so obviously I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to pop on last week to to talk about some of the week one stuff. But any of your takes that really panned out over the course of these first couple? Um, I would say me being highest on Michigan in the Big Ten and being uh, a little bit lower on Ohio State. I think Michigan's all really opened up. I know they haven't really played anybody the first few weeks, but JJ McCarthy throwing the ball a lot more and and really lighting it up from that standpoint. I think he's. He's definitely has a chance to win the win the Heisman, which you know he wasn't one of the front runners to start. Um, and and being a little lower on Ohio State, um, I think I'm not sure where they go. I, I think Tom Accord's a little bit of a a disaster there, quarterback. Not disaster per se. Maybe that's a little bit too much, but I don't know if they have the standard of quarterback that they're that they're used to. You know that they've had the past five or ten years. So yeah. Yeah, question mark for sure for coming from Ohio State, whereas Michigan seems to be running like a well-oiled machine, which I, I think I, I think I was kind of with you there, uh, thinking that they would. Um, just trying to see who's going to be able to contend with them. Like Penn State maybe is going to be their biggest competition, but you can't really count out the Buckeyes. Like that's the thing. Like they have the best wide receiver room in football. Like they're they have talented players everywhere. And McCord could end up figuring that out. Yep, that's true. I mean, he has he has the the number the backing to do it. So you never know. But yeah, I think it's bad when uh when D- Ryan Day has to come out and say that uh he is definitively the number one quarterback today, and that uh you know there's no quarterback competition anymore. If you have to say that, and uh, before your week three game, there may be a problem in your quarterback room. Yeah, if you have to come out and say there's not a quarterback competition, there probably is yep. or should be a quarterback competition. Yeah, yeah. Any other ones? Uh, none off the top of my head. Um, but if you have any, you can go ahead with yours. Yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, one from this week, uh, which, again, we'll talk about here a little bit later. But I was uh, pretty in on Texas being able to beat Alabama. Um, you know, I uh, – I felt like Texas was going to be a good team this year, and they showed that they were able to hang with Bama last year when they had Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and just st- with good reason, I think, still not fully trusting in that quarterback room at Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. And we can talk about that game for a little bit, but I have some I have some even bigger concerns now from out for Alabama. Um, and then the other one was from Week One. I called it when we did the ACC preview. I I predicted that Duke could steal one from Clemson Week One. I was in on it being a home game. I was in on them being a well-coached Mike Elko team and didn't expect it to be go the way it did. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, in Clemson, they had they had like a ton of offensive production. Like they marched up and down the field, but then like just fucking fell apart within like the 10 yard line. It was crazy. But uh but yeah, those those have been my two uh two of the better takes. Uh, then Sam Har- Sam Hartman obviously uh, panning out, which that was more of a, a homer take that I was I was half joking about. But I mean, I think he's in I think he's in a serious discussion to be in the Heisman race this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think people that were sleeping on Sam Hartman haven't paid attention to to Wake Forest and what he's done there over the past few years. I mean, he's the yeah. best quarterback Notre Dame's had to be you know be able to throw down the field make plays they just haven't had that kind of guy at quarterback since i don't know when 
I mean, um, you know, it just feels like they're always having a quarterback. Yeah, maybe Brady Quinn. Maybe so, Clausen, like if you want to be generous to Clausen. Like yeah, Book had his had his days there, but you know, yeah. he's he's levels above that. So yeah, it's I don't think that's that's something too crazy, but you know, I think that if you if you know who Sam Hartman is, that it made it pretty obvious that he could he could succeed in Notre Dame. Um but yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's just get into talking about some of these games here. Um, first off, we've got Kansas beating Illinois 34 to 23. Uh, Illinois looking like they might have some issues uh, following the departure of their defensive coordinator uh, to take over the head, Purdue head coaching job. Um, just doesn't look like, and obviously they lost some talent on both sides of the ball. That's just going to be hard to replicate too. And especially for a team like Illinois, like you're trying to recruit Chicago, but you can't, I mean, Notre Dame's going to be in Chicago, Michigan, you know, Wisconsin are all going to be in Chicago. Like you're going to, you're, you have some tough competition there to get good guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just not an easy school to recruit to, um, you know, they got a Ole Miss cast off at quarterback and Lou Altmeyer, who's, who's fine. He's, he's doable, but you know, he's not a world beater by any means. And I think just going into the circumstances of the game, you know, going into Kansas, um, who's riding the wave of last year and and not knowing if Jalen Daniels is going to play. Um, they didn't seem like they were game planning for Daniels at all. From yeah. I, I mostly watched the first half until it kind of turned into a blowout um, and got out of hand. But Daniels didn't even have a quarterback spy. And, you know, he's a he's a dual threat quarterback. So he's, yeah. he, he had some big runs. Um, so, yeah, it just it just felt like they were ill prepared for the game in general and, and what Kansas was going to do on offense. And yeah, it spelled trouble early on. I don't, I don't know if Kansas punted in the first half. Um, yeah, it was, it was never really a game. No, it wasn't. I mean, Illinois or Kansas got up early and just never really looked back. Some garbage time scores for Kansas, obviously, but like mm-hmm. just ugly, this ugly game for them and Kansas two and Oh, like you said, picking back up where they left off. Um, Jalen Daniels looking good. Not quite, you know, in that Heisman discussion, I don't think, or anything like that, but a good college quarterback. Like, he's fun to watch. He'll, he'll make some mistakes here and there. But, I mean, he was 21 for 29 last week. Like, he was he was relatively efficient. Yeah, no, and in a somewhat down Big 12, I'd say that they, you know, they could win some games and they'll definitely make it to a bowl game and, and should have another successful year. And um, I don't think you can discount what uh, both schools in Kansas have done in terms of um, coaching hires. They went to the FCS route um, and got some, well, I guess Kansas's coach Lance Leopold was first at Buffalo, but he was an FCS coach before that. And the structure of these FCS programs, um, you know, these, these powerhouse programs that um, both Leopold coached and um, who's Kansas State's coach, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. Both of them, you know, these FCS powers um that have come up as coaches and and really done a, a good job there yeah and i mean it's it's hard to recruit in kansas like obviously and don't want to harp on recruiting too much but like it's difficult to pull guys out from you know other places to come to you know fucking manhattan kansas you right. know what i mean like you have to be a damn good coach to be able to you know to handle your business out there. And Chris Kleeman, like he, he did a good job. Like I know he was a guy that uh, Notre Dame was trying to tap for their offensive coordinator position over the off season. And yep. 
you know, he's he's pretty well respected. As, and like you said, in, in a down Big 12, like both of these schools could make some room, especially with some teams looking not as good as we had anticipated them looking. So um, yeah. curious to see what happens there and see if maybe, maybe Kansas State can make a run and repeat, you know? I, I don't think that's out of the question at all. I, I really like that team and what, what they bring to the table, um, you know, just football coach football team and, and have some good pieces around their, around their team. So, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, uh, Kansas, the Jayhawks looked really good. Uh, Devin Neal had a great game, 12 yards carry and a touchdown. Um, They, I mean, they handled their business. It's not really much more that you can ask of that. Uh, Illinois got some questions. They've got, they got some stuff they got to figure out going into conference play here. Yeah, and they have Penn State this week, which isn't a great uh, way to go, especially the way uh, Drew Aller is playing in, in that Penn State football program right now. This will be their, their best year in a long time. So um excited to see what, what that happens with them. But, uh, yeah, not a not a good start for Illinois to the season. Now they've they've got Penn State coming into town uh, on Friday, I believe. Or, no, it's Saturday. Saturday at noon. Man, how funny would that be if that was like that, uh, like four overtime game a couple years ago? <laughs> oh my goodness! I feel like they mentioned that on the Friday broadcast, and I was just like, I I forgot about that. That was that was awful. Nine overtimes, Bennett said. Uh, yeah, 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 that's what it was. Nine, and the under still hit. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness! Comfortably still hit. I think that I think the line was like like forty two or something like that, and or it might have been like thirty eight, but it was like a nineteen to a, nineteen to something final, like just yeah, unreal. And you know Probably. what day that was? I remember this day, and it's so weird that I remember this. Wake Forest played Army, and it was when Wake Forest just didn't have a defense, and it the final score between Wake like- Forest and Army was seventy to fifty six. And they were both going on at the same time, and I had them on different TVs, and I was like, these games could not be more different right now. It's just the duality of man right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but I, I'm excited to watch this Kansas team going forward, and Illinois just got some concerns that, you know, they're running, like you said, running into Penn State. Like, it's it's not going to be pretty. Nope. Nope. So that's that one. Next up, we have got some Pac-12 action. Uh, Jed Fish has taken his first loss. Mississippi State beat Arizona 31 to 24 in overtime. Uh, man, talk about a heartbreaker. Yeah, that that's tough for Arizona. Um, you know, a rebuilding year, obviously, for them. And then Mississippi State, somebody that I'm certainly not high on um, going into the season, you know, obviously um, with the loss of, of Mike Leach, it's, it just won't be the same with them. And, um, you know, they only threw 15 times before overtime, just completely different offense for the Bulldogs as, as opposed to, um, you know, the years under Mike Leach. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward, but um, yeah, not a pro neither program. I'm a very high on this year and it, it's not a game that I watch much of, honestly. So. Yeah. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of it either. It turned, turned it on once overtime hit just to kind of see how it went. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Jaden Delora, that fourth down run that he was so freaking close to getting that first down. Um. Yeah, you can't really get much worse than that. Um, just a heartbreaker. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's not really another way to describe it. Uh, he he threw interceptions on three straight plays. Like he 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 did not have a good game. I know uh, Bennett and I were kind of high on Delora going into this season, and last yeah. last night just not a great look for him, especially when it came down to it. Yep, and I think turnovers um, were the story for a lot of these games as we go through them. Um, turnover margin decides a lot of football games, and 
he he probably decided the football game for his own team. Yeah, Saturday. absolutely does. And you can't make that many mistakes and really get away with it. Nope. So, yeah, not, not a whole lot else to say about that game. I mean, Mississippi State still looking to be probably one of the bottom three or four teams in the SEC this year. Like, yep. it's not, not a very good football team, and they lost Mike Leach. So they're, you know, they're in a state of flux trying to adjust all, based on all yeah. of that. But, um, yeah. And and the talent the talent difference between them and the rest of the SEC West is is tough yes. as well. So yeah, no, a lot to yeah. overcome for them. It's an uphill battle being at Mississippi State because I mean you are you are the lesser program in your own state, and then you have all the other big dogs nearby that can just take care of anything that you're anything that you're trying to recruit. Yeah, um, I think what what Dan Mullen did will will be looked at as as one of the best coaching jobs, and it was one of the best coaching jobs. Um, you know, it just didn't work out of Florida, um, yeah, for whatever reason. But he he really did do a, a wonderful job at Mississippi State, especially in that year when he had when he had Dak. I mean that that season was awesome. So yeah, yeah. No, that was a really fun year for them. So they'll always have that. <laughs> yep. So next up, we've got El Asico, Iowa, Iowa State. Uh, that was my underlock of the century, and it did not disappoint. Um, but we knew know. that the Iowa football players were betting on it, so we didn't have yeah. to worry about that. You know, they've they've been doing that lately, so it wasn't too big, too big. Well, and the, the crazy thing about that is that the spread was only three points at kickoff, and Iowa State was missing like six starters, including their quarterback. Yeah, I I did not understand why that spread was so low. Um, yeah, and, and it I, wasn't like the, the score was only twenty to thirteen, but. Was Iowa really ever not in control of the game? Like they, yeah, they just they handled business in their own way. They still, uh, Brian Ferenc is still on his way out potentially because they have yet to score twenty five <laughs> points a game. Um, yeah, not on pace for uh, the offense for offensive production needed uh, to uh, to break uh, last year. So he, he's on the hot seat. Yeah, he's. I mean, if if he wasn't a nepo baby, he would have been fired already. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, Iowa State. I, I think the the wheels just might be falling off for Matt Campbell, honestly. Yeah, I had a hot take over the weekend that I think that uh, Reese Hall and and Brock Purdy are the reason that uh, Matt Campbell was successful. As as the years go on in the NFL, we start to see it might be like a a Joe Brady effect with LSU. You know, we all thought Joe Brady was this genius. But it turned out he had, um, you know, multiple wide receivers and and Joe Burrow playing quarterback for the offense that he was supposedly uh, drawing up plays for. You don't have to be a genius to draw up plays for those guys. Now I don't no, think you have to be a genius to draw up plays to make Brock Purdy and Brees Hall look good in college either. So yeah, and they just string a good running backs. They had David Montgomery before that, and then Brees oh, Hall yeah. was like some, the better version of that. Like yeah, yeah, and Campbell. Like there was a certain point where there were people in NFL circles calling for him to make the jump to the league. Like, yeah, he may have, he may have fumbled the bag by not taking a, a job that was better, no matter what it was. And now he's, he might be on his way out at Iowa state sooner than later. So, yeah, yeah I think his seat's definitely warm. Yeah. Um, interesting to see where they go for going forward. I mean, Iowa's not the, not the hottest team by any means. I guess they're a little better with Cade McNamara, but certainly not world beaters. So, they they may win the the Big Ten West though. Yeah, Iowa definitely looks like they could be, uh, especially 
considering the other team that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, uh, just completely falling flat on their ass. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Hawkeyes, they look, they look like they've got their ticket punched to Indianapolis already at this point. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't see a team in the big 10 West. That's going to challenge that. Yep. They'll be, uh, they'll be uh, a sacrificial lamb for uh, Ohio state, Penn state or Michigan, depending on the way that goes. So that'll be a, a fun game as always um, in the big 10 championship. Just yeah. like when uh, Northwestern or or some other Big Ten West team has made it in. So. Hey, there was all there was that one year when Northwestern was hanging for a half. And they did hang for a half with Ohio State that one year. I, I'll give them that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad. Is the Big Ten getting rid of divisions? Like, I feel like they were, and then now with all this other shit going on, that they might not be. Oh, they need to. I would love to have a Michigan Ohio State Big Ten championship. Like if we could just have it structured like the Big Twelve, where it's just the top two teams, that would yeah. be that would just be great. Just do it love basically. Yeah, I mean, have we really had a? I'm I might be wrong, but when's the last time we've had a competitive um, Big Ten championship? I what the one that uh, Penn State came back in 2016 when. I think that's uh, it. Yeah, that, that was an awesome game when they were down three scores and came back. But I feel like we've had blowouts for a long time in that game because of the talent difference uh, between those two divisions. So. Yeah, definitely ever since we've had divisions. Yeah. So. Well, the East and West, at least. Le- Legends and Leaders, I think that might have been when Penn State had that comeback. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's uh, looking rough out there for the Big Ten West, especially since the, uh, the Big Ten actual West is now going to be in play. Um, yeah, re- really gonna gonna be excited to watch those games long terms. Even though like what it's gonna do to the game is objectively bad. Yeah, but we're just yeah. gonna have a Rose Bowl for the conference championship game. So honestly, honestly, they might as well. Now that would be cool. I'm gonna pitch that idea. Um, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that's Iowa. Iowa State uh, Hawkeyes still looking like the team to beat in the West, and Iowa State. Still just kind of floundering right now. So uh, next up, we have got Auburn beating Cal fourteen to ten, and you did watch this one. I did. I was I was around for the Pac twelve after dark between uh, Auburn and Cal, and then Arizona State, Oklahoma State, uh, and also uh, watched about one quarter of USC Stanford before I had to turn that one off because I wasn't going to glean anything from uh, what what the Trojans and and Caleb Williams were doing to to the Cardinal. But uh, yeah, Auburn Cal uh, really just wanted to see what Auburn was made of um, early on. Um, really wasn't impressed um, by any means. Peyton Thorne, not the answer at quarterback for Auburn. Um, Looking like really, he did last year with the Spartans. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why would you expect it to be any better. Um, but yeah, just not impressed by Auburn. Their defense looked pretty solid, except it was against the Cal Golden Bears um, who actually trotted out their second string quarterback about midway through the game. And, and he really wasn't the answer either. Um, But uh, yeah, I think there was a combined seven turnovers there. And yeah, I, I, I do, I do like Kyle's defense. I'm high on their defense. I think it, you know, it's a top 40, top 50 defense in the nation, but I worry for Auburn long-term and, uh, I, in the SEC West, uh, I don't know how many games they're going to win. Uh, maybe Mississippi State, um, like we discussed earlier, but uh, I don't know who they have in the crossover games. But uh, the schedule coming up outside of Sanford, they're in they're in big trouble. I I don't know if we we have a win. Even even at Vanderbilt, I think they could lose to Vanderbilt. 
So I don't yeah. know if we're going to have a, a good first season um, for for our friend um, down in uh, down in Auburn. Yeah, good, old, good old Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. <laughs> but, you know, I, I will say I think that he will figure it out at Auburn. I think he's going to be great in the transfer portal, and he's been great on the recruiting trail so far. So I wouldn't be worried about um, making any – grand proclamations you know this early on in his tenure yeah. um but yeah no completely agree there i mean it's way too early and honestly auburn just isn't a very talented team right now so no. you gotta, he's the last person you want to give any kind of leeway to but you if from a pure football perspective you gotta give him a little bit of a leeway here so um yep. yeah this game didn't really say a whole lot about either team that we didn't already know um yeah Cal, like you said, Cal trotting out their second team quarterback. Like you don't really, you're never going to get a good look with the second team guy, just no matter what team you are. Um, unless you're Alabama in a playoff game for whatever reason, then the, uh, then you get to watch in the future NFL star. Yeah. That's, that's only at Alabama. That's a, a anomaly. So yeah. yeah. And, may, and maybe not anymore. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll find out, but yeah, no, I mean, not a great game, but Pac-12 after dark, you either watch that or you watch USC just straight up executing Stanford. So uh, yep. kind of a pick your poison on that one. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, next up, we had some more action down South Ole Miss going into New Orleans and beating Tulane 37 to 20. I did watch this game because I had a financial incentive too. And let me tell you, I have never sweated a fucking two-lane game harder than I did on that one. Um, <laughs> I took Ole Miss to cover, and with like a minute and a half left, they were a point shy of covering. And then it, the wheels just completely fell off for Tulane. Like they <laughs> they competed in battle with Ole Miss the entire game. This is one of those like the score does not indicate how close this game actually was. Yeah, like there was a scoop and score, and then Ole Miss like, or and then Tulane went for it on fourth down in their own ter territory, and then Ole Miss scored off of that. Like, it was literally that those fourteen points like sealed it. So, yeah. just it just was super bad, really bad beat for anybody who bet Tulane on that one. But uh, I mean, Tulane didn't have Michael Pratt, which you know they had been worried about that all week, and it ended up yeah. he wasn't warming up with any of them. So. Um, you can't really say a whole lot about Tulane right now. Obviously, they dropped out of the top 25, but um, Ole Miss, yeah, like, Ole Miss's offense looked good for the most part. Like, yeah, had some have some question marks still at the quarterback position, um, which I don't think a game against Tulane is really going to change change much about that. No, but I think Jackson Dart's pretty damn talented, and he has some weapons on offense with Judkins and and some of those other guys. So I, I would. Oh, Judkins is about. fun, man. Yeah, and and I think uh, one of the, one of their tight end that caught the touchdown, Michael Trick, he's he's a really talented tight end who transfer transferred over from USC. I really like uh, you know his his potential there. Um, but yeah, they're they're a good football team. I don't think you could ever really have to worry about an offense under Lane Kevin. So yeah. Uh, Lane train rolls on. Uh Old Miss ranked 17th right now. I I'm not sure how much higher they go. Um I mean Bama well, they have Alabama in two, they have Alabama in two weeks. So they probably won't go much higher after they lose to Bama. But uh yeah, yeah. maybe I mean who the fuck knows yeah. at this point. Which uh, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully Kason will be able to hop on and he'll be able to give us the uh, the recap for that game. But uh, yeah, I mean Ole Miss, I mean they they ended up handling their business, but it was in the the closest way possible. So yep. 
Um, curious to see how that bears out once they start getting into conference play here. Yeah, it's a survive and advance with college football, though. So, you know, you take your wins where you can get them and you move on to the next week. Got to win your clunkers. Exactly. Speaking of a clunker, um, yeah, I did not expect Miami to just kick the shit out of Texas A&M like they did. Nope, me neither. That would actually be a confession of a of a shitty take. I, I was high on A&M going into the season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, their quarterback had, had got some hype as um, – maybe a, a sleeper um, Heisman candidate and yeah, didn't go well for A&M on Saturday. Um, you know, turnovers was the, uh, the answer on that one as well. Um, you know, they, they had some, some bad turnovers down the stretch and t- Tyler Van Dyke and, and Miami took, took advantage of that. So it, I mean, that game went, went about as poorly as you would have wanted it to, if you were an A&M fan. Yeah. Um, this is, felt like a winner go home game for both teams, for both coaches. And like Jimbo seat has got to be fucking scorching right now. Yeah. Like yeah, it's got to yeah. be at the point where boosters are just like checking the price of oil and just seeing if they can afford <laughs> it at this point. Cause <laughs> that contract is obviously a massive albatross, but they've probably, they're probably looking for ways to get out get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just not a good performance. And, and Wegman threw it 53 times at, two interceptions just that's not the answer there um yeah just just bad all around 31 for 53 good and, yeah and the defense is supposed to be improved you know they were young last year so they we we all gave them a pass a little bit on defense and then you know proceed to give up 48 points whether that's by turnovers or not that's that's a poor performance um you know tyler van dyke's been hot and cold over the past few years but he put on a, a heisman-esque performance on saturday yeah, Miami had Miami had about as good of a game as you would want out of them. Um, obviously, defense I think still has, leaves a little to be desired there, but offensively, yeah. especially after what they dealt with last year, just cannot imagine any Miami fans are upset by what they saw over this past no. weekend. No, not at all. I think they could definitely have a say for being the, the second best team in the ACC by the end of the year. Um, I've not been impressed by UNC, um, especially after the App State performance. Um, I, yeah. I just don't know if they they have it all all put together, but I, I know Jurek May can can lead them places if he really wants to. So they might win some games we're not expecting them to as well, or don't deserve to win. Yeah, Gene Gene Chizik needs to be locked up for what he does to that defense, man. He's awful. He he's the worst. But and he uh, somehow won a national championship. Yeah, thank you. He probably he needs to be writing oh, his. Checks we know to Cam why Newton. Cam Newton, but just forward. He just he needs to just forward his checks to Cam Newton. Well, he did that before they won the national championship. Okay, that's that's how we got him. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, no, I mean Miami. I, I agree with your take that they're probably going to end up being the second best team in the ACC just by virtue of it kind of being a down year for the conference. It feels like. Um, you know, you're not really seeing any of the traditional challengers looking all that great. Like Louisville, Louisville looks fine. I mean, honestly, like the third best team looks like fucking Duke. Yeah, that that could be that could be the answer. Yeah, going back to Louisville as a, a Louisville fan, Plummer just hasn't looked like the answer quarterback for them early on. Um, so I worry about you know the long term, the long term hopes of them. If, if, if Plummer can't perform at quarterback, I know he's a little older, but uh, yeah, not the answer. I don't think so. so. Did uh, did Brom hold on to that kid that they had committed from California? 
Yes, yeah, he, okay. he's a he's four-string quarterback, though. I think he only had a, a few passes in the Murray State game. I think they played four different quarterbacks, and and he was the fourth one to play. So, um, yeah. Gross. Yeah, and, you know, I think they're going to redshirt him, and, and Clarkson could have a chance at, at playing, you know, starter next year. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're gonna have to build that one out. I think that I think that kid will be the one to be able to potentially do it. But yeah, you got to give it time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Luckily, Louisville feels like a school where they can be patient with that. No, and I think Brahms, you know, he's the 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 hometown son. So he's the prodigal son. So he finally returned um, after turning us down a few years ago before Satterfield came in and. And then he uh, he found his way home. So he will have plenty of leeway, and I, I think he's going to be very successful. Yeah, for sure. I think the future is right for them long term. It's just a matter of getting that getting it off the ground. Yep. So, all right. Well, that was Miami and A and M with a little aside about Louisville. Uh, next up, we're going to go to one of our confession games: uh, Colorado beating the fuck out of Nebraska. <laughs> like, yeah, that was They're- brutal. Yeah, that was um, – I will confess that I wasn't high on Colorado going into the season. Last week, I did decide to bet on them to beat Nebraska. Um, maybe more of a decision based on Nebraska, not Colorado. Um, I'm not impressed by uh, Satterfield's offense at Nebraska. He was the offensive coordinator at South Carolina, so I got to watch plenty of that the past few years. And um he does not know how to run up offense. Um, yeah. He's been hired by friends in his last two jobs, and and there's a reason um, why he hasn't been hired by someone that's not one of his friends because the offense that he runs is is quite anemic. Um, but yeah, unbelievable performance by Colorado. By I mean, Shadir Sanders has put up some video game numbers in the first few games and has been highly impressive to get to watch him. And I honestly was kind of impressed. I mean, I know the Nebraska offense, but the Colorado defense brought energy. And I think a lot of people thought Nebraska was going to run it down their throats. Um, and and they did a, a pretty good job at, at limiting um, their explosive plays um, in the run game. Yeah. Yeah, and that this was another one where I was surprised that the spread was as, as close as it was, uh, especially after watching the first two games or the yeah. first week for both of these teams. Like Nebraska losing the ridiculously low-scoring game against Minnesota and then Colorado pulling off what they did with TCU, which, you know, we we kind of talked about. TCU wasn't is not the same TCU that they were last year. Right. But – it's still an impressive win. I mean, it's still mm-hmm. something. It's still a feather in the cap for Dion. And then having as low, I think it was uh, like another three point spread or like somewhere in like three to five. Yeah. And he, this, I mean, I, I, I joined you in betting Colorado. Like it, this one seemed too good to pass up and they did a lot better than even I anticipated them doing. Uh, Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter just look like the real deal. Yep. It was it was an impressive performance by Colorado, and I think this is um, one of the examples. I mean, I know Colorado's a little bit different from from other schools, but I think you need to throw out your your prior um, preconceptions about about teams um, earlier than in any other sport because you know rosters flip. It's not like the NFL where you know Joe, Joe Burrow can throw up a dud week one, and we can believe in Joe Burrow. Um, whatever we believed about Nebraska and Colorado coming into the season, things can change quickly. And, um, you know, this was an example where 
where I think uh, folks needed to uh, change change their feelings on both of these teams going to um, obviously something clicking for one team and and something wasn't clicking for the other. Yeah. And long-term for Colorado, we discussed this a little bit before we started here. I still don't think they're a bold team, just looking at the rest of their schedule. But it's gotten to the point now where it's like, I could see it. Like, yeah. before the season, I'll completely fess up. I I didn't think there was a shot in hell that they would make a bowl. I thought, no. I mean, that's the, I know their win total got up to like five and a half at some point. I thought that was ludicrous. Like, I thought that was just riding all Dion hype. And yeah. I still think they're going to win. I think I think they're going to win five games looking at their schedule. Um, yeah, it, it's not an easy schedule. Colorado State's their only for sure win the rest of the way, other than, than maybe uh, Stanford. But, you know, the Pac-12 in its, its last year is, is pretty solid. I mean, they're going to have to go to Oregon. They're going to have to play USC at home. They're going to have to go to Washington State. They're going to have to go to, to – or play Oregon State at home and go to Utah as well. So, I mean, none of those games are, are W's in my book by any means. Yeah. And, you know, the crazy thing is, though, when you have players like Colorado seems to have, like Shador, like Travis, like that Dylan Edwards kid who's – he's a true freshman, and he is just – he that first game against TCU, he fucking balled out. Oh, yeah, he, he's a force at running back. Former Notre Dame commit. God damn it. <laughs> but, uh, no, that was, it was it's fun to watch this Colorado team, and I'm glad they are doing well. I didn't think they were going to, but – to me, it wasn't an indictment on Dion or the way he was trying to do things. I was very curious to see how it would play out. But this is a school where you can win a national championship. Like, this team is not going to win a national championship. They're not even going to get close. You can win at Colorado. And I think Dion might be the guy to do it. Yeah. And moving into the Big 12 next year, when Texas and Oklahoma move out, um, you know, there'll be some chances to to be able to win that that conference. And, you know, he's obviously going to do well in the portal and and on the recruiting trail, especially with the early success. Um, and I'm sure there's there's plenty of NIL money in the Denver area that will be supporting Dion. And there may be some uh, former NFL friends that will probably be helping him out as well. So. Oh, for sure. And like that's especially when you're talking about recruiting, like being able to bring in NFL's like legends to mm-hmm. recruit for you. Yeah. Like Michael Irvin on the side of Colorado. Yep. Michael Irvin's on the sidelines every every week these days. So yeah. Shannon Sharp gassing them up every week. Like you got you got heavy hitters that are pulling for you just because of who you are. And that kind of I don't want to say like cult just because you know there's obviously negative connotations around the word cult, but like it's it's a cult kind of around Dion, like he, cult personality, I guess. But yeah, if you're able to do that and you're able to bring the juice and you're able to actually produce on the field, people are going to donate. People are going to fucking show up to the games. Like you're gonna you can have a really good football team in Colorado. And yeah, as you said with the the cult thing, you know he just brings the noise every week. I think there's people that think they're gonna have a um, an off week this week with uh, Colorado State, but I don't think that happens under Dion, especially with his son being quarterback. He wants he wants the high campaign to to chug on, and I think that um, you know team takes on his personality, and and they're gonna be getting up for every game. Now there may be um, some some dumb penalties throughout the throughout the game. There's plenty of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties on them. Uh, I think I, I counted four or five against Nebraska because, you know, they were overzealous. But 
um, that that comes from Dion, um, you know, just bringing that energy and and the players shooting off of that every week. So, yeah, they do need to rein that stuff in though if they're going to like when they start playing these better teams. Yeah, you know? yeah, several of those were were very unnecessary. Yeah, but good win for Colorado, Nebraska. I mean, the, this is another one where it's year one of a coaching rebuild. Like, yeah, you got to give Matt Rule at least some time. Although Scott Satterfield, like, yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought he probably wasn't it. No, I don't. I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, I think that the future of Matt Rule in Nebraska will be will be just fine. Um, this might not be a season, but I believe in in what Matt Rule does on the college level and how he builds a program. And I, I think he will get Nebraska to a place where they they can compete for for maybe a championship one day. Yeah, I agree with you there. So that was Colorado Nebraska. Next up, we've got Notre Dame at NC State. Another game that could have been a lot closer than what the final score indicated. Uh, 45 to 24. Uh, I hope Notre Dame never has to go to rally again because every time they go there, it seems to be awful fucking weather. And <laughs> yep, that bore out this time. week as well. Yeah, had the delay. Um, yeah, it was it was certainly a sloppy game. Um, so, but, you know, Notre Dame, as I said, survived and advanced. Um I think the one play you can turn back to and um and say it was the difference in the game was um the one Notre Dame turnover being the Sam Hartman fumble um in the third quarter. NC State had a chance to to tie, I believe, and um, you know, they didn't score there. And I think that that just completely flipped the script and you know, Notre Dame rolled from there. Yep, that was absolutely the moment where last year's Notre Dame team probably folds. Not folds, but that's where they lose the game. Um, but I mean, Sam Hartman's a difference maker. Like it's just, he's not putting up like video game numbers or anything like that. He kind of did last week, but I mean, shit, he threw for four touchdowns this week too. Like, um, he's one of those, it's, it's not like a super showy offense because they don't have really a ton of star power as pass catching weapons, but like Hartman is producing and we talked about him earlier already. So I'm not going to get too much into that, but like the offense just, it looks efficient um they're putting points up which is what you want especially if you're going to try to you know up your recruiting game with offensive skill players and everything like that and the defense the defense hunkered down and they got done what they needed to get done um nc state's offense did not look good at all no no i i think they're they're a middling acc school so won't take too much from this game i think it's a, a good win for Notre Dame and one they can build on and you know a lot of big games coming up and yeah. I think you you have to feel feel good about having Sam Hartman in your offense and and being not just you know a game changing quarterback who can who can open up the playbook and and throw down the field, but also as a leader. You know, it's his it's his fifth year, and he he should be a leader in the locker room and someone that should establish confidence and and the guys on on his side of the ball. Absolutely, yeah, and he I mean he's done he's done a great job of stepping up into that leadership role. He's I mean. He he's already was a captain pretty much immediately. I think everybody kind of assumed he was going to be once he transferred, but just really growing into that role. And you know, he's there's been obviously a lot of puff pieces about like his rib and everything like that. But you know, there's stories coming out from like Notre Dame beat writers where like he's coming up to defensive players and like talking to them and like you know just trying to be a total team leader. And you, you know, you already had the videos of like him him uh, giving Beats headphones and like cleats to cleats and shoes to the guys like he is really stepping into this role of the captain of the team 
And I mean, it, yeah, it, it's exciting this year, especially because a couple of the teams that were like the big, the whales of this schedule are looking kind of vulnerable. Yep. Notably, think, like Clemson uh, and Ohio State. Like, those are two teams that I was worried about. Clemson, Clemson was my easily the game I was the most worried about this year for the Irish because it was an away game. And, you know, year two of, of uh, Kate Klubnik getting stuff figured out. Klubnik doesn't look like he's got anything figured out at this point. So, yeah, that might be ended up being, you know, the fourth hardest game on their schedule. You know, when they have Ohio State coming into town, they have to go to Duke and I'm worried about the USC. More than I am about yeah. Clemson. Going at Duke, that could that could be a, a tough game. So we'll yeah, chat soon for him. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I don't think I, I I don't think they're a title winning team this year. I don't think they have the talent to do that, but just based on the way some of these other teams have looked, I think they can be a playoff team, which I was not gonna get my hopes up about that, but just the way some of these teams have looked and they, like even USC for to an extent, like the offense still looks incredible with the defense. The defense still yeah. has questions. Stanford didn't yeah, really they, expose any of that, but um, like San Jose State was able to run for like 200 yards on them in week yeah, zero. That defense can't stop a nosebleed and will probably be the reason that uh, that USC will falter um, several times this season. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah, Hartman looked good. Uh, the the defensive side of the ball. Um, secondary looked really good. The linebackers were flying around. St I still have some concerns on my end about the defensive line, and I think that's that is where they're going to run into issues, especially playing a team like USC because they were not able to bring Caleb Williams down last year when they had three guys who were like NFL talent. So yeah. a lot of new guys this year. <laughs> I'm very worried about that matchup there. But, uh, yeah, it was a good win. I mean, this one was definitely a, a quote-unquote clunker, but Notre Dame came out won it comfortably by the time the game was over. So I really can't be super upset about – I can't be upset at all about the way that game played out. No, not at all. Next up we've got Utah-Baylor, where Utah wins on a controversial last play. Um, yeah, the non the non-pass interference call, yeah, that – that was absolutely pass interference. I, I can't believe they didn't call that. And I, I can't believe RG3 was defending the call in the booth. Um, I thought that yeah, was Yeah, we, we kind of argued obvious. about it a little, a little bit in the Discord. Um, yeah. I, it's one of those things where how much hand fighting is acceptable, especially yeah. on like an end-of-game play before it turns into pass interference because like they were both going at each other. And yeah, it's up to referee discretion at that point. Like, Do you want to just be like, all right, ball – he basically just went ball don't lie at that point. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was a good game though. Like Utah was definitely down for a decent chunk of that game. They were not looking yeah. all that great. Uh, they ended up pulling a nice road win out. But yep. do they look like the twelfth best team in the country? Probably not. No, no. Uh, would, Baylor kind of gifted them that win. Um, you know, Baylor fans have a right to be you know, upset about that play if they want to be, but they also put themselves in that position as well. Um, so, you know, their, their offense and, and Robertson's decision-making at the end of the fourth quarter was poor crazy. I can't believe he threw that interception at the end. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they have only um, themselves to blame for uh, for losing that game. And, and Utah escaped. That's, that's a game that was going to be tough going into Baylor after they had, they had dropped one in week one and and they they came up victorious and you know another survive and advance moment here for for utah without cam rising yeah i'm really fucking worried about dave aranda 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I, I really like him as a coach, but um, yeah, not, not a good start to the season after a clunker of a season last year. Um, and, and now this. Just looking at their schedule. I mean, they don't have a super tough schedule, honestly. No, but now at Cincinnati kind of looks tough. Um, Texas Tech is probably a win, but yeah, it's it's not too tough. You're right. Yeah, they're going to be one and three going into the last week of September, though. Like, that is not what you wanted to be when you were looking at this schedule. No, you you definitely shouldn't have lost to Texas State. That just sets a bad precedent for the entire season. So uh, yeah, they're going to have to grind to get to the, to a bowl game, but still definitely possible with the schedule they've got. Yeah, it's doable. I just Baylor seems to be a team that's regressing, and that's not what you want as a coach. Like that's that's not the direction that you're expected to go as a coach. So, I, I think I think Aranda's seat, if it's not already hot, it's warming up. Yeah, um, can't have this happening in week or in year three for for your team. So yeah. yeah. Speaking of Texas Tech, they uh, played a pretty fun game with Oregon. Yep, week and lost thirty-one to twenty-two. Oregon rolling on. Um, any any big takeaways from this game? I mean, this was. I, I will be full disclosure. I did not watch a ton of this one, so no, I didn't either. Um, I think you know the narrative going in was that it, it could be a trap game for Oregon. You know, going into Texas Tech, coming off a loss, uh, wounded animal mode. Um, so. Um, and a revenge game for Tyler Shuff against against Oregon, but um, I I really like this Oregon team. I think they're well coached. I, I'm a believer in Bo Nix, so I'm not surprised that they they came away with a win here. Um, yeah, not a good start for Texas Tech to the season either. Um, the the Colt Texas schools are having a a tough start to the season. All of them, <laughs> TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. Oh, and A and M. Yeah, all. All four of the the Colt Texas schools are are in a bad place right now. This is this season is just, uh, just about a best case scenario starting out for Texas fans. It's unreal. <laughs> it really is. And they they can't say that very often. Um, so vibes yeah, must really... be immaculate in Austin right now. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, Shaw, I mean Shaw didn't look good. Like there's not really any way you can, not really any other way around it. He he had a a bad game. Threw for three touchdowns, but those three picks were daggers. Uh, Knicks, I mean, he didn't really – he only threw for two touchdowns, but, I mean, he had 350 yards pass over the air um, and then another 46 on the ground. Like, he he had a great game, over 400 yards to total offense for him. Um, Oregon's looking good. I mean, I'm, I'm still worried about their defense, although they did – you know, they did get those three turnovers. Problem with that is that turnovers – they are highly variable. Like they don't translate from game to game or season to season. So uh, I, I still have some concerns about that side of things, but we're just going to have to see once they get to the meat of this Pac-12 schedule, because there are like four or five really good Pac-12 teams this year. It's going to be exciting. I really like, um, you know, they all have really good quarterbacks. Um, you know, we, we have a good quarterback storyline whichever with every one of them um and they're all transfer quarterbacks you know that shows you the transfer yeah. portal here if you think about it all four of those guys played somewhere else um obviously Kale Williams probably wouldn't have transferred um if it wasn't for his his head coach but uh the other three oh, yeah. were were relative um disappointment that their other schools and now are are shining in the Pac-12 it's it's fun to see, and I, I'm cheering for all three of those guys to succeed. 
it's just it's insane that like the Pac-12 is about to have their best season in what's probably like a decade or two, right before the whole conference just fucking implodes. Yeah, it, it really is crazy. Yeah, and have you heard about like the this lawsuit going on from uh, yeah. Washington State and Oregon State? So for those that don't, Oregon State and Washington State are suing the Pac-12, uh, basically saying that. They're going to be the only schools left. So why aren't they the ones that who control all of the properties of the Pac-12? Which, like, yeah, That's fair point. Because there are there is a there's a, in the Pac-12 bylaws, any team that any school that announces the intention to leave the conference loses like their vote, and all of these teams have publicly announced that they're leaving the Pac-12. So the the only schools that should have a vote are Oregon State and Washington State. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out long term, but. I mean, just from a layman's perspective, I'm obviously not a lawyer or anything, but I I have a hard time seeing how the Pac-12 even comes out comes out with a win on this one. No, and it's it's funny that they play uh, not this weekend but next weekend against each other. So we're gonna have the uh, the two remaining Pac-12 teams and and what Pac-12 should actually be a pretty and <laughs> yeah, uh, facto Pac-12 championship, and both are, are pretty solid football teams. So that'll be a fun one. I I. No, we'll get to Washington State later, but I I think Cameron Ward and Washington State has been slept on a little bit. I love I love Cameron Ward. Um, you know, coming over from Incarnate Ward a few years ago, he's he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in in college football. Just not talked about enough. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do think that Oregon State Washington State game is probably going to be like the friendliest football game we see this season. Both teams yeah. just going to be chilling. Uh, the fans are just going to be like big time buddies with each other. It, it's going to be uh, that'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a great atmosphere and it, a lot of good storylines coming into that one for sure. I mean, yeah, both good QBs like Oregon State. We don't have them on our list to talk about this year this week, but DJU, he's looking like he's looking good, man. Yeah, and I think it, it all the stories that came out about him before the season about I think uh, you know he was pretty prideful coming into Clemson thinking he was going to be the next man up and and followed Deshaun and 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 when and it was going to be easy and I I don't think he put his best foot forward in Clemson but um right. I think he got a reality check and now he's at Oregon State and he's he's in a good culture not that Clemson doesn't have a good culture I think they they do but um you know that he he changed he went to another school um and and really picked himself up and and I think he's going to do wonders there so yeah for sure um it's yeah the pac-12 is going to be just so fun to watch this year i think it's it's the conference i'm the most looking forward to seeing what plays out because there are like four or five teams that can win this thing it's going to be a blast to watch oh yeah do you think any do you do you think any team is going to emerge unscathed do you think we're going to no I think that'd be that'd be really? hard to believe. Um, maybe Washington could do it, but I also wasn't a huge believer in Washington before the season, and and they've kind of proved me wrong. But um, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think the best shot at that happening is USC, and I think they're they're definitely going to drop a dotto on the line. Yeah, we talked about their defense already, but I mean, just still a lot of concerns there, yeah. especially with some of these high powered offenses in the Pac twelve. Yeah, we might get a, a 50 to, to 60 point um, per team score this this season against oh, USC. Yeah. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be any number of teams. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get some really, really high scoring games. 
um, against USC. And those are going to be games where I, I don't think the over's going to ever be the right total. I think it's going to be it's going to be flying over in the first few times that they they play one of these teams. I wonder what the highest uh, I wonder what the highest over for Pac-12 regular season game has ever been oh. because I feel like we're going to hit it this year. I mean, I think we would have to. Yeah, I can't touch any of those Big 12 totals when uh, the Big 12 schools didn't play defense ever. Yeah, yeah. they've locked down a little bit. But. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. Like Washington, Washington, USC, I think they play this year. But uh, if if those two play, that will be just fucking electric. Yeah, that, that's going to be awesome. And, uh, yeah, let's see. I'm looking down their schedule. Yeah, they play Washington in the first weekend of November. They're going to play uh, – yeah, that's going to be an awesome game. Um, they play Washington and then Oregon back-to-back weeks. Yeah, USC is going to drop one of those, in my opinion. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. But uh, we're going to move on to the next game, Washington State beating Wisconsin 31-22. to uh, This says more to me about Wisconsin than it did about Washington State. Um, really, really concerned about how they were looking and obviously it's year one for luke fickle so you got to give him some some leeway as well but he's getting into a better situation than he had at that cincinnati yeah um maybe tanner mordecai is not the answer but i just you know looking at that score i just don't see how braylon allen is rushing it only seven times in a game i mean he's he's one of the most talented running backs in the country and and one of the best running backs in the in the Big Ten. I I don't understand how you're not utilizing him more. And and Luke Fickle didn't really have an answer for why he wasn't um in there on more snaps and and running the ball in his press conference on Monday. So I I just don't understand that for for Wisconsin. And they're gonna have to figure themselves out quickly, or uh, their chances of winning the Big Ten West are gonna are gonna go by the wayside real quickly. Yeah, I I'm just having trouble seeing a world where they win the Big Ten West right now with how Iowa looks. Yeah. Um, I think the offense of, of Iowa could be could be their their downfall. But um, and honestly, I I'm going to throw out a team that I think could win the Big Ten West. Uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit bold. I think uh, Purdue could do it. Yeah, I think they're a well coached team. I think they have a good quarterback, and uh, yeah, they they could be a sleeper there. Um, the Big Ten West is just a mishmash of very average football teams. So whoever uh, the sacrificial lamb is, um, I guess we'll find out. So. As, as is tradition with Purdue. Um, I am a big <laughs> Ten West in general. <laughs> They're just, just, just what we typically get out of them. Um, yeah. I don't know, man, like losing to Fresno state, Fresno state's a pretty good team, G five team. Uh, and then just barely holding on against Vatek. Like, it just it makes it a little more difficult for me to see them doing it. But, I mean, once we get into Big Ten play, like the quarterback situation might improve for them. But, I just, yeah, Wisconsin, it's just going to be tough for them. And, like, the rushing attack didn't even look good. Like, that's the thing that's yeah. even more concerning. Like, they can't even lean on that against Washington State. Like, like what are we doing here? Yeah, they they have a lot of questions to answer, and and they're gonna have to figure that out fast. Um, but I'm a believer in Luke Fickle, absolutely. Um, at least they'll have Georgia Southern coming into town, where maybe they can fix some things on offense and and figure it out. Um, you know, before they they go to Purdue and and have some tougher games down the road. Yeah, they got to get something figured out there. Uh, yeah. Washington State, I mean, they look good. Uh, kind of what we expected out of them. Um, 
not quite a team that's on like Pac-12 contending level, in my opinion. They're on just like that next tier down. Um, yeah. Which it's so weird because like you have those teams and then you pretty much get down to the bad teams pretty quickly. Um, yeah. There's not really a middle class in the Pac-12 this year uh, outside of like Washington State. And no. I mean, you could argue Col- Colorado's creeping into that class. Um, yeah. Which we weren't expecting, but yeah, it's pretty much just them, and then you get down to the Stanfords and the Arizonas, uh, and which Arizona State, yeah, yeah, which Arizona. I mean, we we as a podcast have been a little higher on Arizona just because we're really like what Jed Fish has done so far, and Arizona State. I mean, they have a they have a really good chance to be good with their new head, with their new coaching staff. Like they're they're going to be able to, they're going to have the ability at least to recruit some offensive players and keep some guys in Arizona. But for right now, like they're just not good teams. No, no. Rashana is going to be going to be good for them, but you know, it's oh, a freshman been, year. He's been fun to watch. Him and Dante yeah. Moore both uh some really good freshman play uh at the quarterback yeah. position. As long as he doesn't go the way of of Jaden Daniels, he should be fine. Um you know, he 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 got worse as his Arizona State career went um yeah. after his freshman year, but I think Rashada's I think he's the real deal. Yeah. And then see, they, I'm going to assume that they have a better culture than what they had. It's hard to have a worse one from what it's. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you can only go up from there. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was, uh, again, some concern for Wisconsin that they need to get figured out here. Washington State looking pretty much how we expected. Uh, very much deserving to be a top 25 team, though. Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to finish this off with the game of the week. And we have a special guest who's going to be joining us for his uh, completely unbiased recap of how this went. Uh, Kaysen, what's up, man? What's up? How's it going? Going great. Talking ball. Uh, figured we'd bring you on to talk about this game, which was obviously near and dear to your heart. Uh, what's, what are your thoughts on the Longhorns? Well, I'll start out with a quick little, we're back. <laughs> Got to get that out. So going to clip uh, this just in case things fall apart. No, I, I don't care. I don't care. You know, the pet, the pet, the pessimism is always there, especially uh, when you got somebody like Kansas coming to town um, here in a few weeks. So no uh, thoughts are good. It, it was a, it was a weird game. You know, they had their times where I had those PTSD flashbacks there in the third quarter when, I think the first drive they went three and out, and then the next drive it was an Auburn missed field goal, um, which we're pretty used to saying Auburn choking at Bama. And then um, in the next drive, I think that it was uh, Jonathan Brooks got stopped on fourth and two, and then Bama scores to take the lead, and it just kind of felt like it was going to spiral from there. But then really quick touchdown followed up by uh, – Darren Thompson, I think is how you pronounce the name, Darren. Darren Thompson getting an interception after getting completely burned on that uh, previous touchdown by Bama, and then it kind of was all she wrote from there. Um, So it was good to see them kind of fight through the adversity and actually get the win, where in previous seasons they would have completely collapsed after they took the – after Bama took the lead. So, Yeah. No, and honestly, like as a uh, as a neutral, uh, that was a such a fun game to watch. It was going back and forth. I ended up betting on Texas because I had had I had had some belief in them going into the season, but like wasn't I wasn't going to be upset no matter who won outside of you know losing my money and everything like that. But watching both of those teams play 
the, I think the biggest shocker for me was Alabama's offensive line got bullied. Bullied. And yeah. Texas obviously has a lot of talent. They're consistently a top five recruiting ranking team. They haven't really been able to put that together in terms of developing players, especially getting them to the NFL. So seeing Alabama just get beat the way they did, uh, just I, I couldn't Yeah, I think that the, the defensive line – uh, went a little bit under the radar coming into the season, uh, but they had a lot of guys come back, and then they had a really good dra- uh, recruiting class, especially with guys like Anthony Hill Jr. Um, so I think that that was probably the most impressive aspect of the game. You could talk about Quinn Ewers uh, playing really well, being kind of a dark horse Heisman candidate now, but I think the Texas defense is much better than a lot of people expected. Yeah, and they kind of had that at the start of last year, too, where, you know, they held Bama to 20 points and they looked really good against some good players. And, you know, things kind of fell off once they got into Big 12 play, which, you know, that's not super unexpected. But it's hard to argue that Texas is not a top five team this year, that they're not going to be a heavy favorite to win the Big 12 and that they're going to be a playoff team. Like, it's hard to do this off of one game because, you know, one game is a very small sample size. But the way they looked, like Quinn Ewers, he had some just absolute dots. That There was one there was one play. It ended up being an incompletion, just fell out of the receiver's hand. It was Worthy, I think. Yeah, Worthy uh, had some drops. So. Yeah, Worthy had a couple drops, which is kind of concerning. Or it might have been – who's the other receiver? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Uh, I don't know. Adonai Mitchell and then Jordan Worthington. Okay, it might have been Mitchell, but no, Whittington. Threw it. Jordan Whittington. Whittington. Is it okay? Yeah, I think it was Whittington because Ewers threw it. It was in like the front right corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. Threw it exactly where it needed to be to where the defender who was re- playing really tight coverage was not able to get a hand on it, and like Whittington just dropped it. Yeah, but it was a perfect ball. Like <laughs> it was one of the best throws I've seen from Ewers since he started playing at Texas, which obviously small sample size, but he looked like an NFL quarterback. Definitely. And I think, and I think that was the big thing for us coming into the season. You know, a lot of people are talking about Malik Murphy and, you know, obviously you have Arch Manning casting a shadow over all of it, but I, Quinn, Quinn looked poised to take a step up. I mean, that Oklahoma game last year, he looked incredible. The beginnings of that Alabama game last year, he looked incredible. But then there was, you know, your times where he was looked like an inexperienced young yeah. quarterback. Um, but I think, you know, cutting the hair, that was probably the biggest thing uh, in my <laughs> expert analysis to become mullet. I do miss the mullet. It's weird when he takes it off. It's it's not it's not as swaggy. It's just a little too professional for me. So and <laughs> I, I've gotten used to just so much bad Texas football that it's fun just to have big personalities. Uh, but it looks like now. The tide is turning, and Stark was the right hire, but only time will tell. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's just – go ahead. No, you go ahead, Pat. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, closing out the game, the last seven minutes just completely, you know, controlling the game. It's something that Alabama's done to so many teams, suffocating them and, and running down the clock and, and doing what they did. So I thought that was impressive. And one note I wanted to make, it was the, the first double-digit loss – at home for Alabama since 2004, I believe, and the first one under Nick Saban. So um, I think we need to start talking about if, if the dynasty's done. Um, you know, that's always the talk we need to have once Alabama loses. So um, it was the dynasty over for Nick Saban. 
When, and how did you guys feel about Nilro? Not good. He, yeah, he doesn't, look like, was, he doesn't look like a guy. I, um, I know I had to kind of eat crow in the Discord because, like, pretty much as soon as I said I didn't think Nilro was it, he had that bomb touchdown on the busted yeah. coverage. I was like, God, that throw it. was of course that was an impressive throw. There. That was an impressive throw. Um, I don't think Tommy Reese set him up for success a lot. I thought his play caller wasn't great. I still think Milro can be the guy. I really do. He can make some really, really, really good throws. But yeah, that wasn't wasn't the best performance by him. But I also think that um, you know Alabama's not going to see a team that's as talented as Texas many times the rest of the year. And we can have questions about their defense, but you know they're not going to see an offensive coordinator. Well, he's not offensive coordinator, but he has Sarkeesian and and you know Quinn Ewers again. If you look down their schedule, so I think we can't draw too many conclusions from from what we saw from Alabama this week. Is you know they're probably not going to run into a bus all like this again. Petrino and Wegman not uh, tripping your trigger there, Pat. Uh, you know <laughs> I was a Wegman guy before uh, last Saturday. Wegman and Milro let me down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's tough because it didn't seem like Nick Saban was confident in any of his quarterbacks going into the season. Like nope. they obviously brought Tyler Buckner in from Notre Dame because Milrow and Simpson were just neither one of them were taking the job. And you know, you would I guess you would think if you're bringing a guy like Buckner in that you would want him to be able to take the job. And a lot of that part probably had to do with Tommy Reese getting the offensive coordinator job. Like I mean, there's no reason to act like that wasn't an inf- an influence, but yeah, like none of none of them are looking like a consistent enough player to be good. And I, there's always the joking question about is the dynasty over, which it's insane because every time Bama loses, it happens so rarely that like it's a huge event. But I think there's serious concerns about just like the offensive side of the ball for them. Yeah. No, they just don't have the same talent they did at wide receiver quarterback that they've had, you know, the past five or 10 years. I think that's, that's obvious. I mean, even when they had Blake Sims, you know, they had Derrick Henry or, you know, what have you at running back. Oh, just uh, so. like five or six NFL running backs in that stretch. Like, yeah, you went from like Yeldon to Henry from Lacey, like just Mark Ingram, like yeah. just an insane run of running backs then. Mm-hmm. Damian Harris was awesome and we don't need yeah. to talk about him. So he would be the number one running back in this room. So, yeah, it's just it's not the same for them. Do you just Go ahead, Kaysen. Well, I was going to say the, the the Bama, this Bama team kind of reminded me of, and, and there's some parallels to when Texas and Ohio State played uh, home and home back in 05, 06. And Texas had just won the national championship. Ohio State was coming into, into Austin. And we were starting to pull McCoy. And it just kind of had that same feel from the Bama perspective. You just don't really have your established guy. And you have this kind of juggernaut coming in. Um, I believe that was your Troy Smith won the Heisman, and they just came and wiped the floor with us, just kind of like we did with Bama. So, kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, I'm taking a look at Alabama's schedule right now, just the rest rest of the way through. Uh, and I, I almost don't want to ask because it seems like an obvious answer. Is Alabama a double digit win team this year? <sighs> I just don't know where they lose. They don't have like a a tough game away from home outside of. Do you want to call Texas A and M a, a tough game? I think they could win there. Out outside of that, you know, they should 
they should be able to hold their own at home. Maybe they lose to Tennessee or LSU, but I think they win one of those two. Yeah. I think they can get the the ten. Maybe maybe were you were you gonna say they couldn't get the ten? I I wasn't before the season. I think losing to Texas and the I think it, it more has to do with the way they lost to Texas than yeah. just the fact that they lost to Texas. Like yeah. if it would have been like a like basically just the inverse of last year where it was a last second field goal, I, then I probably wouldn't even be considering this question. But just watching the way that their line got bullied on both sides of the ball. When you're a team that going into the season was very public, like we're going to run the shit out of the ball, we're going to run it down your throats, and then that happens, like that that is a question mark for me. And you have teams with some good defensive talent coming in, either coming into Alabama or that you're going to have to go play. And we already talked about how A and M's been disappointing, and you know they haven't been utilizing the talent the way they do, but they still got dudes. It's just a matter of like, can those dudes put it together for one day? Like, you know, for 60 minutes, can they put it together? And then LSU, obviously, is a really talented team still, despite what happened with Florida State. Tennessee, their defense is not good, but their offense, they can take advantage of this Alabama team. Yeah, yeah they, are, like, they are. They are fortunate in that it seems like their tougher games are going oh, to oh. Tuscaloosa. Um, but <laughs> after, after this weekend, you really can't make that a guarantee. Because uh, you had a pretty unproven Texas team come in and – wipe the floor with you in the fourth quarter. I know it got a little hairy there, but uh, it was definitely domination in the fourth quarter. So we'll see how it, we'll see how it works out for Bama, but I still think they're a double digit win team. And I still think they probably win the West. Yeah. I personally. I just, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I don't, they're going to see a quarterback near the quality of, of Quinn Ewers the rest of the year. I'm not a believer in Joe Milton. I'm yeah. not really a believer in Jaden Daniels. So if those guys can go into T-Town and, and win, then more power to them. But I'm not going to bet against Alabama. Um, not going to take any grand proclamations from from this one. But um, I definitely – they have a lot of question marks. But um, – and Nick Saban we trust. I'll come to – I'll put in a beat and grow on this. I'll comfortably say they're not a title team this year. No, absolutely no. not. I, I, I agree with that. But I, I do think they can they can get the double digits. I, I could see, I can see him losing one more game, getting getting into the SEC title game, and then just getting absolutely waxed by Georgia. Um, so yeah, don't see them as a title contender as well. Georgia's going to be interesting because outside of Tennessee, they don't play fucking anybody. <laughs> no, this is their their schedule is literally the didn't play anybody Paul meme. Like it's. Like who is going to challenge them outside of Tennessee, and who in the West is going to challenge them? Like nobody. Yeah, and I, I'm not a huge Georgia. believer in. Yeah, I'm just not a huge believer in Carson Beck yet either. Yeah. And if he's not going to get challenged until the college football playoff, I could be, I could see it being a rude awakening for Georgia um, against a team like Michigan or or Texas or whoever whoever makes it there. So, I love that you're putting us there. I don't have the same faith as you right now, but I love yeah. it. Yeah, maybe Florida State. I think Florida State would, uh, would cause some problems for for Georgia yeah. as well. Um, Georgia would be my my third or fourth fourth team on the board right now. But maybe if Carson Beck shows me uh, some life, I'll I'll start to believe in them again. But it's early. We're two weeks in, and I'm saying this, so we have a, a long way to go. Hold on, we're three we're three weeks in. Don't, oh, don't disrespect week zero. Yeah, sorry, week zero. Josh Pate's already made that his bit of the year going I like into the season. I like, yeah, I like that bit too. So 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 speaking of um, 
of betting and stuff, Quinn is plus 2,000, I think, for Heisman. Seems like a pretty sharp bet right now for the money that you can get before it really gets out of hand if he beats Oklahoma and they go on to win the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, if he can put up the numbers, they have a pretty soft schedule. Um, yeah, I, I recently said I have one on Jordan Travis. I got him after week one at about 10 to one, and I, I love that bet. I don't I don't see Florida State. They don't have many uh, chances to lose on their schedule, so love that. That's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's always got to be a team that's contending or somebody putting up video game numbers like RT3 or, or Lamar Jackson, but, you know, it's always going to be a quarterback. I think it's not been a non-quarterback um, other than Alabama since – before 2000, so it's going to be a quarterback. Mark it's Ingram. not going to be an Alabama quarterback yeah. or running back. So yeah, yeah, I think Mark Egan was the last non-QB period. Like no, uh, Devonta Smith. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. It was just Devonta Smith. Yeah. Forgot so Al- Al- Alabama, Alabama yeah. skill players. Like you said, yeah. non-Alabama. It's just been you're either from Bama or you're playing quarterback somewhere else. Right. Yeah. It's probably it's probably a, a vacated Reggie Bush was the last non-Alabama. Skill player to win. I think game. I think that was it. Yeah, doesn't count to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's. I I agree that Bama is going to be a ten win team. I just feel like the fact that, and maybe it's just me, but the fact that you can even ask and not like just be laughed out of a fucking room about it. Yeah, I don't think the dynasty's dead. I do wonder if quote unquote the dynasty can be. You know, resuscitated at this point. We'll see because they just brought, they just brought in like the best recruiting class in the modern recruiting era just this past year. Like, but two of their players were quarterbacks that just like haven't been super impressive. So like, it it all kind of comes down to the quarterback, with a few exceptions. I think that you can say that about um, any team that you know wins a national championship. Save that for you know Georgia, Alabama when when they put you know, some of their middling quarterbacks and good positions to win. But um, yeah. I guess we'll see who Alabama digs out of the transfer portal. Um, I don't know why they weren't active for a Sam Hartman or or a, a, any of these other quarterbacks um, that were out there this past season. Seems they a might have weird. Yeah, they and they might have been too. I know Hartman, in, he had an interview recently. He said that Notre Dame wasn't the highest bidder. Interesting. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to Alabama, but, you know, you do you. Um, we'll we'll see what happens this next uh, portal carousel. I bet some things change. I think that uh, Nick Saban's one that adapts. Um, he complains and then he adapts. So yeah, and he's already he's already done a good job of bringing guys in in the portal. Like for a couple wide receivers that he got yep. last year, like he he's he understands the need to work the portal. Um, I think Davo's the one that you really have to wonder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm already ready. Why he's not. He's not changed his ways. It's just, it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. I'm already ready to dance on Dabo's grave. So, yeah, <laughs> you better believe I am. If, if he already doesn't ready. adapt after this year, like I think they might just be done. Yeah. And what? And where does Clemson go after him? So. I'm not sure. I think they do have a really good NIL situation, and they do have you know the facilities and things of that nature. So it, you know, it's a, a top 15, top 10 job. Um, you know, on the surface. Um, so, but I don't know where they go. Um, yeah, it's got to be the right person because it is it is a, a unique job in a, a small town in South Carolina. You know, it's not like a lot of these other schools that are, are in big metropolitan areas. Even, you know, Tuscaloosa is a much bigger city than, 
than Clemson, South Carolina, or Athens, Georgia. So yeah, it's kind of a cult. Yeah, uh, it is a cult. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the church that's like really big on New the, Spring? Yeah, New Spring. Yeah, uh, totally, totally not doing anything underhanded with yep. with the, the football program. Nope, not at all. Nope, completely above board. So just gonna finish it off here. Obviously, really good talking talking these games with you guys. Who are your playoff teams right now? I'll start with Casey because he just popped online. So I got Georgia. I got Texas. I was wondering how far you were going <laughs> to. I got yeah. Florida State and USC. Why not? Okay. I'm going to yeah. go Georgia, Michigan, Florida State. I guess I'll go Texas. That's pretty vanilla. But I also do believe that there could be a, a, bit, a second big team. 10 team that could that could sneak in a, a Penn State or Ohio State that only gets one of these. Um, yeah. So maybe I'll go Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Penn State. Okay. I will go – I'll keep it pretty chalk. Uh, actually, I'm going to go Georgia, Michigan, Texas, and Washington. Wow. All right. I still What's your uh, reservations with Florida State? Huh? What's your reservations with Florida State? I'm interested. I'm just so on their bandwagon. And maybe yeah. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't see. I, the thing is that, like, I don't think you are. I, I was just. I'm mostly concerned with like just Norvell, I guess, because okay. they have the talent. They did a good job of bringing players in with the talent. Um, I'm just. I just worry that at some point the lights might get a little too bright. Whether that be playing Clemson at Clemson or in the ACC championship, like. Realistically, they're absolutely talented enough. Jordan Travis is the real deal. They've got a veteran defense, an old defense, which, you know, in college terms, that's like 21-year-olds. So <laughs> um, they, they've got the pieces there to be a really good football team. Yep. I just I, – I guess I need to see it in a big-time atmosphere because they had, they had most of the same players last year. Like, they didn't lose a ton. And they didn't like they gained they gained a couple of really impact players. Obviously, Keon Coleman coming in. Uh, they brought in the dude from Western Michigan, whose name I'm just completely blanking and on. Raheem right Bell from South Carolina, who was underutilized the tight end. He was awesome in game one. So yeah, sure they got him too. Um, no, they uh, they brought in some talent, but I guess I just worry because like they still lost by double digits to Clemson last year. Like they still they still had dud games. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, I'm more of a I need to see it from Norvell. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of where that's I'm at right now. They absolutely have a talented. Um, yep. And I'm kind of in the same place with like DeBoer. Like you could put like three or four teams in that fourth spot at this point. Like you've got Washington, you got USC, you've got Penn State, you've got Florida State. I'm not going to say the fifth team that I was thinking of because I don't want to sound too much like a homer. But um, like you've got a second tier of teams that. You could easily place into that spot, and, and people would go, "Yeah, I see it," mm-hmm. which I think yeah. is great for the game. Like you, you got a lot of teams that are going to be contending for a playoff spot, yeah, and it's going to be fun to watch. And the great thing is that with the playoff expansion next year, you're we're going to get to see good teams still be able to get a chance to win the national championship. And so, like, like Texas last year was probably out once they lost to Alabama, just because like one loss can get you can knock you out. Like I know that you want every game to count, but Every game does count to these kids. Like teams aren't gonna like not play hard just because yeah. they feel like they have a safe spot in the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. It's just gonna 
it's just going to create more chances and conference championships are going to mean more. We're not going to have a Pac-12 champion. Well, we're not going to have a Pac-12 champion. Never mind. Well, we won't have a Big 12 championship. That won't matter. So Yeah. yeah. And, like, these games that matter, like, these rivalry games are, A, still going to matter. But, B, like, they're going to matter now for teams that with like, maybe both teams have one loss and they actually do have something else to play for besides the rivalry. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they'll – they'll There's a buy. They're fighting for a spot. Yeah. Cool. And and we're talking about how strong the slate is this year. Um, there might be a ninth team that's really good that gets left out next year because they didn't win, you know, they lost three games, you know, they lost two games. So I think that the 18, the worries about the 18 playoff are asinine, to be honest with you. That's Especially with how it's 12. Yeah. Oh, well, look at me. I'm the idiot. No, no, no. I, but I think even 12 teams, like, yeah, the 12 seed, are they going to win the national championship? No. Probably not. No. But could they beat the five seed? Yeah. Like, could like could Oregon go in and beat Texas or something like that? Like, that, that is absolutely – I'm not saying they will or that, like, that's even likely, but if you look at a 12-team playoff, fuck yeah, that can happen. So you're still going to get to see fun upsets, even if it leads to the number one team still winning. That's how most sports work. Like no. the yeah. best team typically ends up winning the championship, but we still turn we still tune into March Madness with sixty four teams, sixty eight if you're counting like the first in games. Yep. And who knows? You know what I mean? Like it, it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm looking for. I don't think the playoff expanding has done anything to harm the game, but uh, realignment has been the big issue for me. But um, we can save that for another one. I know it's late, so we're going to let you guys get out of here. But I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking these last few games with me. Uh, hopefully, maybe tomorrow, if you guys are available, we'll be able to get on and uh, look at some of this the games coming up for this week because, honestly, the slate's just not that good, and we can probably make this a really quick one. You know? It's a um, real bad slate. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, when game day is Colorado, Colorado State. There's uh, got some issues here. Yeah, yeah. And, and man, speaking of that, the fact that Colorado Nebraska was the most watched game of the weekend. I'm sure y'all went over that. I mean, insane. Insane. Yes. Brought some some good buzz to the sport and made a big noon kickoff an exciting one. Uh yeah. when Nebraska, Colorado wouldn't have uh been a footnote five years ago. So it's been exciting with them. Yeah, and I think that's the game that's had the most action laid on it in college yeah. I mean, obviously legal college sports history. There hasn't there hasn't been a ton of uh of options but like the amount of money that was laid and the amount of people that were watching like we talked about how Dion can win a title at colorado like that's the kind of shit that can yeah. really raise a team's profile yep so all right fellas well i'm gonna let you guys get off here i really appreciate you hopping on uh have a great night and be sure to follow us on twitter at tnt cfb pod uh, there's an invite to our Discord in there if you want to hear some of our really asinine takes uh, that we, we can uh, we can freezing cold takes those pretty quickly. Um, yeah, follow us there. Uh, join us in the Discord, and please don't tweet at recruits. Don't do it, especially not right now. Not not while football's on. Just watch the damn games. People get people go just absolutely buck wild on these message boards. <laughs> so. Geniuses. <laughs> exactly. All right. Good night, everybody. See y'all. Thanks.